Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome back to our podcast, The Ins and Outs of Selling a Business. Uh, today, we're going to continue our conversation on uh, cybersecurity. Uh, for those of you who were not able to um, attend our last podcast or listen or, or view it, I encourage you to do so. Um, and we're very fortunate to bring back uh, Dara Fitzpatrick. Dara is a partner with Tabush Group. They are an IT uh, consulting managed service firm out of New York, currently serving a clients in uh, 27 states. So, Dara, we talked a lot about on last episode about the broader picture on cybersecurity, uh, ways to protect yourself, ways to implement plans, concerns about cybersecurity. You know, today, you know, you and I both work with family close sale companies. That's that's the bulk of our business, right? The big, large corporations. You know, they have a multiple-person internal team. Uh, they're uh, consulting with a large multinational uh, uh, consulting firms to provide a huge protection uh, to protect the biggest asset, their business, intellectual property, and their, and their people. So I'm looking at this, and I'm saying to myself, you know, when an employee walks into a company or walks on a manufacturing floor or office, you know, there's there's signs everywhere, right? Um, stop, you know, do not enter without safety glasses. Uh, uh, beware of this caution, low-hanging this. So over the years, everybody gets accustomed that when they walk, they understand that there's a sign there that tells them to be careful, stop, you know, think about things, maybe make sure you have protective gear on, aspects, you know, yada, 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 right? But when it comes to cybersecurity, there's no signs, right? There's no big signs, you know, flashing on your computer uh, or above your computer that to do these things. So I think, you know, and cyber is a big investment for at, at every level, an important investment for every, every company. But when it comes to uh, the, our client base and, and our owners probably, you know, would be really benefit from this, you know, what are some of simple, you know, tools um, that you can suggest they think about from a practical perspective to help secure not only the business, but also them when they're, you know, doing their jobs. Uh, good to uh, be here again, Keith. Uh, thanks for having me on. Um, so, so when we're talking about these things, it comes to my mind that we're really focusing on those smaller to mid-sized businesses, maybe those businesses under 250 staff privately held. Right. Um, and I think there's some very simple type of things you can do uh, that can mitigate a lot of the risk. Um, so, you know, it starts off with simple things such as, first of all, security is a, what, what you spoke to was uh, safety in the workplace, really. And what you're really speaking right. to is where safety in the workplace is an issue. It's, it's taken very seriously. And from the top down in that business, there is a culture of safety brought into the business. Right, so there's a culture of you need to wear the protective gear. You need to act in a certain manner. You need to follow certain rules, processes. You need to use technologies in a certain way. So I think first and foremost, in a small business, it's very important that it's not the IT professional that is the only person banging on about security, um, because that can be the case, and it just becomes you know a IT type of issue, and therefore everyone in the business feels it's a thing that the IT person should be involved in. So first of all, it should be incorporated into messaging to the company from leadership down. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and that way, people in the business are going to take it seriously. It doesn't matter how many signs you put up. Um, if people in the business don't think it's important to, the, to their leaders uh, in the business or to their own success within a business, uh, they're not going to listen to it. So that's the first thing, I think. Um, the second thing is there are very key systems that need specific types of, of security, and you should have them in place on all your systems. So in the world of security, we tend to talk about foundational security and enhanced security. Foundational is what every business should have just to operate technology properly and securely. Enhanced is things that you can, if you wish, depending on the industry, circumstances, client base, and lots of different uh, factors you may want to incorporate. So something like multi-factor or two-factor authentication two or three, four years ago, that would have been considered an enhanced security measure. That's a foundational security measure now. Every business should have multi-factor authentication on any um, tool that's accessible outside the organization. It's a must. It's not a, well, let's look at it. That's a must. Having one multi-factor, multi-factor authentication tool instead of many different ones, depending on the system you're using is very, very, very beneficial. Uh, So that's one thing. There is a discussion about whether having multi-factor authentication mitigates the need to have uh, changing our strong password policies. My take still is you should keep the practice of having strong password policies. There's a very, very high percentage. Uh, again, it's in the 90s, uh, or mid to, mid-80s, high 90s of poor password policy or um, acquisition of passwords still causing a large, large, large amount of breaches. Um, and I think also, I too like multi-factor authentication, while right now it's believe, believed to be you know, a gate that really prevents a system from being, being hacked. Um, that's not the case really. If, eventually that will not be the case anyway, if it's considered the case now. Um, I don't know if you've heard in the news recently the, this um, discussion of this Pegasus software, this Pegasus virus. Have you, have you heard about that, Keith at all? Or no, I haven't read any really, articles um, about it. If you can just uh, uh, maybe talk a little bit about that, that'd be, be helpful. So Pegasus is a, a piece of software that was used by nation states in certain uh, instances, uh, originally to protect people. Uh, it's now proliferated through certain states uh, to certain individuals that are using it as a hacking tool. And what it does is it takes over your your mobile device, your phone, right. uh completely without your knowledge and it can see exactly what's happening on your phone. Now it's not a highly proliferated type of tool right now, a cyber tool, but it's, it's a sign for the future of what's coming. And so therefore that's going to start mitigating a two factor authentication as a true, uh, you know, gate to, to accessibility. Um, Yeah. So therefore strong password is very important. Uh, Email is by far and away, uh, how most breaches occur. So having a strong third-party security-focused tool wrapped around your email system. Most people use Office 365 for their email. Um, while Microsoft obviously does put in place great security in their tools, it's a better benefit to use a third-party to secure it. Most people would know or have heard of, are the most popular type of tools are Proofpoint and Mindcast. And lastly, I would say, 
when you're talking about security to your IT team, well, first of all, have an IT professional team. Um, you, sh- you know, if you're, if you're a firm of more than 15 or 20 people, you need to have a managed service provider uh, or an internal team if that's what you want to do. That's advising you on what you should and shouldn't be doing. That's it. immensely important. And someone that is focused on security as part of their service delivery model, not as an afterthought. Um, and lastly, I think when we talk about security, when we talk about uh, securing our home, we don't just say I've put locks on the door. I've put an alarm system on my house. Um, you know, we think about putting in multiple layers of security to say I put locks on my door, I put an alarm in my house, I put a safe in my house. You know, I have a gate. Uh, I have other intrusive measures to, for people getting into my house. That's called a layered security approach. In, in cyber, you need to have a layered security approach. Each type of system is going to have its own risk and you need to have a layer of security in place to make sure that that risk is being mitigated. So if you have a remote access system, you have to make sure you're thinking of um, the security required to mitigate that. And and there's single sign-on type of scenarios. I don't want to go into too much in too many right, different technologies, right. but there's lots of different technologies that you need to go above and beyond that. Um, accessibility, like we talked about last time, means different risk again. So you need to have different layers of security mitigating different types of risks. So if your IT professionalist answer is, yes, you have endpoint protection, like an email antivirus protection on your desktop, you're secure. You should be a- asking the question, well, that doesn't sound right because I, I use this cloud system and I my people access data when they're over in this location or when they're at home, how are we mitigating those risks? Um, finally, every single breach involves a human being. Right. More or less. Um, so training your people is immensely important and repetitive training is immensely important. So in my firm, for instance, we do quarterly cybersecurity training and every one of our clients just sign up their people to it as needed. We have a, we also have an automated um, user awareness testing program. So we're firing off using a security tool, um, mock phishing, mock credential phishing, mock information phishing, um, social engineering emails, to try and entice people to make poor decisions. Then we're immediately giving them on-screen information about that decision. So if somebody received an email saying, click here to pick up or find out about your FedEx package, the minute they click that link, it's going to bring into a screen and say, listen, you've just been phished. Uh, you need to be more aware of signs within this email that should have been red flags to you not to click. Um, so that all happens automatically. And we also build a list of repeat, I don't want to say offenders, but people that make the poor choice over and over again. And then our clients bring them to a quarterly cybersecurity training with us. So repetition, 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 because we're all being caught in more or less the same ways all the time. It's not, it's the, the medium of how the phishing or the social engineering email is wrapped up in there. The content is different, but basically the, the, the breach mechanism they're using is still the same. Click in the link, enter a password that you shouldn't, <clears throat> respond to a conversation or get yourself involved in a conversation that you're not really taking pure awareness of to understand that you don't belong in there. Receiving emails from people that you normally wouldn't receive emails from or 
receiving emails from people that you do receive emails from, but asking you to do something that they don't normally ask you to do. Um, I always say, take the approach that you would if you were walking down the street. If somebody walked up to you and said, um, hey, give me your wallet. I want to check your ID. You're going to go, wait a second. <laughs> Who are you? Right. Like, what are you doing that for? What's, what's enticing you to come to me and ask that question? Um, or if somebody walked up to you in the street and said, hey, here's box seat tickets to the garden for free to see the Knicks tonight. I mean, not many people want to go see the Knicks at the moment anyway, but right. um, yeah. you still would ask, wait a second, what's the catch? Why are you giving me something that, A, I never asked for, um, and B, you don't even know that I want or not? You know, you're, you're, you're approaching something with caution. We don't do that with with that. Uh, with email when it comes to us or with messaging, we, we tend to be a lot more open. We need to bring that type of safeguarding attitude to our desk and sitting when we're working at, and our interactions with our technology. Yeah. So it sounds, I mean, in, um, and listening to you, I mean, from, it sounds, uh, it's critical, important. Like when we, when we're meeting with business owners, looking to sell their businesses, we're always kind of focused on a couple, you know, three or four areas, right? Um, quality of their financial statements, who the auditors or accountants are, um, you know, who heads up sales, uh, does the owner, is he or she the person that has owns this, owns the customer relationship, uh, or they have a, a robust sales team, uh, that is that if they were to step aside, it, it, it just moves smoothly, uh, going on to your general manager, uh, who runs the business, uh, you know, who runs the floor, make sure products is getting shipped. And of course the quality control group is inspects and, and make sure that uh, things go out the door that uh, meets the standards uh, uh, that the customer's looking for uh, to make a seamless approach to running your call. Now when I'm running a business, now I'm hearing from you on all as you need to add another, you know, uh, spoke on that management team and that's your IT group. Right. Whether it's internal, which for a small company with 15, 20 employees or 30 or 50 employees, you know, uh, it's unlikely that they will have a internal team or if they have an internal team. It's like you said, it's one person who's banging on the on the desk all day long. Make sure you're doing this. Um, what I'm hearing from you is, is that is that you need to have a plan. And you need to have a, a good, strong consulting firm or internal team that's managing this whole aspect of your information flow. Because everything's tech, everything, whether it's email or text, because everybody's getting fish text now uh, or, or spam calls. And those are probably coming from people getting your cell phone number because they hacked your credit card company or your, or your mobile phone company or your healthcare provider. And they got a, you know, when someone says they got 100 million hacks, they got your information. They probably got your phone numbers, right? So, so they're calling, and so you don't know. And they, and then I'm seeing or have seen uh, some links that are people actually putting links into a text message to click on. Like, what the heck is this? But just to back it up a minute, is that when you're when you're again, it's all it's all about getting ready to sell your business, right? And so the stronger you are from an overall management perspective, and you know, information technology is a critical component of that. It's only for the better. It only adds value. And I think that is not only critical, but essential. And it has to come from leadership. It's part of your culture moving forward that you are not only protecting the business assets, but you're also protecting your, your people. 
because when people get hacked and maybe you can give us an example, you know, they're taking it personally that they've harmed their company, right? Whether it's uh, someone in operations or someone in accounting or uh, someone in sales or the owner himself or herself, you know, maybe, you know, they cause this disruption that is, you know, whether it freezes your systems or uh, freeze, whatever happens, it's, 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 it's not good. It's disruptive. And, you know, maybe, you know, you can maybe talk a bit about that because it's like, okay, we got hacked. Right. But it's, it's not, it's, there's someone at the other end of that. Like you just said, it's usually an individual and you being, you know, on the ground floor on the front lines of this, maybe you can get an example about, you know, when you, uh, that, that dreaded phone call that came in that we got, we have an issue and not only dealing that issue to get the company back online, but, you know, talking to the person that it happened to and how he or she feels about it because you know it's 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 something that they probably take personally and you know uh, cause a lot of anxiety and stress and concern yeah so there's two or three different things in that question i think where you started off when you're talking about larger firm, larger firms the, the the larger firms we work with have you know, larger IT teams. So therefore they have that expertise internally uh, and therefore they have the ability to advise the management ownership executive structure on what should be happening. As you come lower down in size and revenue, uh, just like in every other aspect of your business, you generally can't hire the expert internally or you may not be able to. So you have to find another way to do that, right? And that's how the term outsourcing. Uh, came about and eventually uh, essentially that's what my firm is for the for the firms that are under say 200 200 people um they have certain expertise internally but they don't have others and they leverage us firms under 100 people we're their entire it team uh from an advisory side operational and support side and security side the second piece i think is that um no matter how you get that advice inside in your business, the people that are leading your, your business in the key areas uh, and are bringing the ideas to the table and how you're going to progress in that area of business, just like in cyber or in IT, you have to have someone that is storied, experienced, and has the people within the organization to enact what they say should be done. Um, so expertise outsourced it. If you're, if you're smaller to a good group, that good group should have that expertise and experience of delivering those services so that you can take advantage of it. Right. I think that that's basically, that's the same in, in, in any business. Lastly, you were just asking about what happens when a breach occurs, basically. Um, what is the impact of that to the business? So there's, you know, we've been called in. Um, we're not really a breach response company. We're an IT firm within, a, within your business, putting in place the right guardrails to make sure you can operate productively and securely. There are very specific companies out there that when a breach occurs, they come in as a breach response unit, and we work with some of those people. So we've been pulled in after the fact um, to, to type of help. And, and I think that essentially the, there's, there's a few things that, that always occur. Uh, first of all, there's immediately a lot of confusion. Um, so there again, that's why you need a good IT team, uh, because you need someone to take charge. You need someone to say, to, to delineate responsibilities, um, stop the bleeding immediately. So find the source of the breach, shut it down. Um, 
and then start the process of informing everybody of what's going to happen, the plan of action. This is what we talked about in the last episode. If you're advancing yourself through having the right um, cybersecurity in place, you're going to have a breach response plan um, of some degree so that you know who are the people to call. Maybe it's Maybe you have to be you have to put in place the reporting mechanism mechanism if you're in compliance. Uh, certainly the ownership and engineer and executive team are going to have to be immediately informed. Uh, say management, uh, there might be notifications to clients. Uh, and the IT team has to be taking certain steps. It might have to get your cyber insurance company involved. There's lots of different things you have to do as a notification. Then you start identifying where the problem came from. Uh, so how did you get here? So you, you, you immediately found out the source, but you've shut it down so it's not proliferating through other systems. Then how did I get here? And then you're restoring systems. Right. And this is where at the end of the day, no matter how good your cyber is, I, I think I've used this term so a lot in talking to you, you're only mitigating risk. Uh, you're not preventing risk. So no matter what you've invested in your cyber, you need to also invest in your protection plan. And that's your business continuity and disaster recovery plan. So that if you do get breached and your security tools uh, have not prevented this risk from infiltrating your environment, that you can pull that restore lever and start bringing systems online. So most firms, hopefully, have taken that. If you haven't taken that approach of building up the right protection plan, now you're into the point where you're dealing with the person that did the breach. Most most likely, uh, most small businesses now are hit by ransomware. That's the largest type of cyber breach that occurs. That's where your data and systems are encrypted. Right. And if you can't restore your systems properly, then you're going to have to pay a ransom. Those ransoms, the first ever case of ransomware I came across was back in 2014 when it first hit the market, first hit the business world. We'd never really seen anything like it. And I can remember that the ransom was about $2,000 in Bitcoin. And uh, now you're talking quarter of a million dollars in, right. in, in, in ransomware. So, so, you know, your, your risk to protect, you could protect a small business, you know, for $20,000 a year. So, the, you know, the investment is well worth uh, the risk mitigation. So once you have your systems back up by paying, now you're thinking, what do I need to do better? But now you're dealing with what you've really been worrying about all, of, all along. That's reputation. Right. Um, how is this going to impact how I have to work with the institutions and the people and within the market I'm in? And that is where I see most stress, um, most stress occurring about the breach. Yeah, because, because you know, online, you value your business. Yeah, exactly. Your customers, can they trust you? Um, yeah, you know, all those aspects is. is uh, you know, is, is you don't think about it until it happens to you. Right. So, I mean, I think that, you know, you bring incredible knowledge base and between our last episode and today about, you know, having a, a plan, implementing a plan, monitoring a plan. And one thing I learned today from you is a breach response plan. It was just like anything else. You know, if there's an injury incident on the factory floor or there's a fire in a building or there's a snow day, you know, you know, how do you notify employees not to come to work? Right. There's everybody has action plans. But how many people, how many business owners out there, smaller companies have a breach response plan that when something happens, they can open up this document, you know, 
probably a piece of paper because they can't get into a computer and say, okay, call X, Y, and Z. Let's get this going. And the quicker we're back online, the more we can mitigate the damage and, and get back to business as normal. So, you know, Dara, this has been, this has been great. I mean, um, I, I can't thank you enough for, for coming back. And, you know, some of the, some of the tips you provided, uh, some of the aspects of, of how to deal with these things, um, you know, uh, building a cyber plan into your culture of your business with your employees are, 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 are you know, taking ownership of it. Like you said, you can't stop it, but you can mitigate it. So, I really appreciate you coming today and uh, thank you very much. And you know, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll circle back to each other in uh, you know, another six months and learn what, what's on the horizon in cybersecurity, what are the new things coming on. And Dara, thanks again for being with us today. Um, you know, before we wrap things up, is there any, you know, last thoughts or things you'd like to share with us uh, for audience regarding um, all these topics on cybersecurity that we've handled and discussed over the last couple of days, episodes, excuse me. Yeah, I think just to touch on one of the last things we we, we spoke about was uh, the stress of uh, reputational damage or market damage uh, after a breach. I think you've used the term, it's not if you get breached, it's when you get breached. So your business being breached, unfortunately, um, is not uh, something that's only happening to you. It's happening to a lot of people. And so having to report to your clients, to your partners, uh, are to some type of compliance body is not really something to be stressed about. What you really want to be stressed about is having to report to one of those entities, knowing that you were not taking the right preventative measures. That's really where you don't want to be. So now it's the time to take action before you're breached to make sure that you are mitigating the risks in the right way. Well, that's a great point. Uh, Communication is key and Getting in front of it the best you can is important, not only for the individual, but for the health and well-being of their company. Thanks again for being with us. Keith, it was a pleasure. Thanks for inviting me on. I, I love talking about this, these things um, and, uh, and trying to bring some education to people and giving a small little nugget that someone can take and then take some action on. It's great. Great. Well, uh, thanks again. And everybody, I appreciate you uh, being with us today. Uh, my name is Keith D, president of Osage Advisors. Uh, you can learn more about our company by visiting our website at osageadvisors.com. If you have any questions, uh, please feel free to uh, shoot me an email at kdee at osageadvisors.com or give me a call at 860-767-3273, extension 1001. Thanks again for being here today and have a great day.